Hey guys. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Arts. Another week with us. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Kay. I'm Craig. Um, I think the poll is closed now, but there was a poll on our Twitter there about was. what my name is. And it's my fault because I refer to you in so many different contexts. Sometimes I call you Katie. Sometimes I call you Kate. You're also Kay. And my actual like full name is Kathleen. Kathleen. But no one calls me that. Although someone did vote for that in the poll, which I find a little disconcerting. Did your parents create a Twitter and I, just vote in the I poll? I guess my grandma's on Twitter now. Um, oh, follow her grandma, everyone. I don't. She's not. I know. But I think Kay ended up being the winner. Yeah. And I think that's because a lot of my screenwriting I friends. Say, you, that's how you introduced. Uh, I can't talk today. That's how you introduced yourself um, when you joined your grad program. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Because okay, so the story with my name. So like my whole life, everyone's called me. Katie, because I guess that's just a, a short nickname for Kathleen. Um, but I, going into screenwriting and, you know, starting a career in that field, I don't like the name Katie. It seems very gendered <clears throat> and kind of immature, too. So I yeah, wanted... Yeah, it has a young intonation to it. And so course. K speak on, you know, K is not only just my first initial, you know, K-A-Y, but also just K. Um but it just it's it's less gendered. It has a good flow to it, and it's yeah, it's it's quick. K speaker like that sounds like someone who wrote a it. It also lo- would look really good like in film, like on the credit, like the 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 yeah the card. Yeah, I, could, I can't think of the name right now. It's like yeah, I know what you're talking about um, in the credits and stuff. Yeah, when it would be like screenplay written by, by mm-hmm. and then your name like K speaker like it's very stylistic. And also, you have to, it's your choice of identity and presenting yourself into the world of film and cinema and also, like, how you want the world to see you, which is really cool and interesting. Yeah, because I, like, I just don't feel like a Katie anymore because I feel like Katie is, like, a little girl. Yeah. I K is, like, a person. Yeah. And I don't want people to see K me is as like a little. like, your cool friend. I barely. Your cool grown-up friend. Yeah, I don't want anyone to see me as a person. I just want people to she see me. She doesn't want to be perceived by no, anyone, not like, even our audience. As, like, just missed. If I'm just a disembodied voice to you, that is the best news possible. Well, it's really funny, too, because obviously, like you just said, like, this whole idea of disembodied voices on a podcast because you're not looking at our faces. You're just hearing our voice. So I feel whenever I listen to a podcast and I really don't know who they are and I like kind of search them up and then I'll follow their social medias and then I see them talking on their social medias and like see their whole face and everything. It's like it takes me for a loop because like you envision what you think the person looks like. I guess, yeah, if you don't know what they look like beforehand. That was always a thing with me and like my parents would listen to the radio. I mean, I guess everyone listened to the radio growing up, but like seeing what the the people... (laughs) Seeing what the radio host like looked like in real life. Horrifying. Like what who was the one from one oh six point one BLI? The woman. Uh, Astrid? No. I feel like there was an Astrid though. No, it was someone her name was like a D or something. I don't know. When I finally saw what she looked like in real life, I was like, Oh You're like this no. is the person I've been listening to <laughs> for like, like ten no. years. I'm like, I gotta stop. <laughs> who's, who's the guy from one oh six? I don't know. I really just don't listen to it anymore, I so mean, I wouldn't like, know. It's probably the worst station. I'm no it's it's not but whatever um anyway anyways uh just some quick pop culture updates in uh, our little segment that I call by the time you're hearing this by even the time though you're hearing this no one cares about what we call our segments yeah also, except for us before we go into the segment I just want to let our besties know 
Um, we are re recording this way in advance, and we will let you know in a second why, a hot second why. Um, so our kind of our news may be a little old to you by the time you hear this episode, but there's a reason why, and I, we will explain later. The mystery will be solved. Yeah, that we just give pop culture updates just to you know get ourselves talking and in the mindset for the for the pot, if you will. Yeah. So the first kind of or. You, you start, actually. Yeah, I'll start because it's so off-topic in terms of, like, our our topic for today and what um, Kay is going to talk about um, in terms of award season news. Um, so this might have been brought up in our Long Island episode. If it was, it was very brief. Um, the Amityville Horror House, iconic, Long Island famous. Whenever I think about it, it's so sad, too, because whenever I think about it, I don't think of the original movie. I think of the Ryan Reynolds remake from, like, 2005. I've seen neither, so. Yeah, I don't know why. I, th I think because I saw that trailer, like, in the movies when I was a kid, and, like, it stuck with me. Yeah. Anyways, um, Ronald DeFeo, um, who is who was the killer, has just died in prison. Um, I think. Oh, he passed away? Oh, he passed away? Oh. 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 Um, <laughs> it was a few days ago. Um, I got this New York Post article, and the reason I actually found out about it was my drive to work this morning. I turned on my car, and the radio automatically turns on, and I heard the name DeFeo, and I am obsessed with horror and just the Amityville Horror House. I have, like, a weird obsession with, um, especially because we're from Long Island. I've seen the house plenty of times. It's a very beautiful house, by the way. It's, I've never seen it. It's three stories. It's very. It's, it's mm -hmm. right on the water, too. It's gorgeous. I'll make a pilgrimage one day. Um, so basically... Um, long story short, Ronald killed his family. He killed his two brothers, two sisters, his parents. And the craziest part about it is, like, he literally went back to bed. He did it early in the morning. I think it was, like, 3 a.m. Goes back to bed, wakes up, and goes to work as if nothing happened. Yeah. Like, trying to play it off, right? Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, he gets caught. He's convicted. Um, and it never sits right because his story changes constantly. Like, when he first was, like, arrested and everything, it was... There was voices that told him to do it. He admits to it. But mm. then, like, years later, while he's in jail, he comes up with a story how his sister was killing everyone, and he killed her to stop it. And he just kept changing his story mm. um, constantly. Um, and then, of course, we know of this story. Its fame really came from the Lutz family that moved in, I think it was, like, less than a year after the murders. Um, and they only stayed in the house for 28 days. And they were ran out by some ominous presence and weird stuff happening. Um, I think it's really interesting because this case has so much speculation. You know, I've listened to podcasts and I've followed up on it much where, you know, they said this was all hoax. Like years later, they're like, oh, the lawyers sat around with the Lux family. They were drinking some wine. They were joking around. They came up with this like great PR stunt where they would make money off of it and write a book and everything. I mean, that was the thing with Bubble Boy. Yeah. Which is a, a, a much smaller offense, I would say. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, like. But it's still, like, the same kind of concept. Yeah. Um. So, you hear that. But then, actually, when I was listening to radio this morning and they were talking about this case and, like, Ronald dying in jail, they mentioned the guy who was there. They had a guest speaker on. I don't know his name. I don't know his credibility with the case. And. Um, but I'm, I believe he was familiar enough to have talked with, like, people firsthand, like, the Lutzes and the people involved with their real estate and, like, trying to sell the house to, like, the next family. Um, and basically, they were saying now is real, like, when they were changing the deed over to, like, the next family, like, um, 
the Lutz father, I'm forgetting his name right now, but like he refused to go into the house. Like he didn't even want to go in. He like literally gave permission to the people to go into the house and get certain things and come out. Like he did not want anything to do with it. And they were like, okay, like if he was acting, that's some pretty good acting type thing. It's just sad to see like what happened with that family. And like, obviously, I mean, they, I guess you get justice by putting him in jail, but like, do you? I don't know. I don't Anyways, know. I just had to bring that up because the besties at home should know I am huge on true crime. I love how that was <laughs> quickly. Sorry. <laughs> I, I get passionate about true crime. I'm going to shut up now. Um, No, it's fine. I guess, you know, I think people are interested in it. I hope. It has an allure. I suppose, yeah. True. Like, even, like, horror. Like, because, like, ha- again, it has that horror connection because it was a famous novel. Literally, like, how quickly everything happened, too, was, I feel, like, very insensitive to the whole case and the family. Um, the DeFeo family because the they sold the house within like months of the the crime the crime scene happening um, the murders I'm like coming up with all these words um, and then the Lutzes bought it again I told you they ran they like evacuated the house in 28 days after buying it and then less like within that same year then they wrote the novel like the novel came out and then like a year later the movie came out so it was all within like a two three year span which i think is so insane i suppose i don't know i don't i don't know that much about it i know but like it just like i'm th- talking about like the sensitivity of the subject no yeah like, to go that quickly and to be like oh let's make a blockbuster out of this that'd be like commercializing 9-11 yeah i was gonna say honestly. well they did <laughs> they did it but, took like, a while though exactly but i guess it's because it had a bigger impact on people yeah. Um, anyway, moving on to some more uh, hopeful, yeah, yeah, positive, less scary-ish news. Um, well, the Grammys were Sunday. Sunday, they were Sunday, Sunday. night. Um, and some people won. I did not watch them, but I did. Craig did. Um, the performances, of course. Who, if you had to take a, a ganter at who brought it performance wise was it the women or the men i didn't even know men performed i didn't either actually no i saw some of harry styles so yeah that's not true yeah but if we had to take a guess a hot guess yeah i saw doula peep doula peep <laughs> doula peep her I... performance oh i only saw parts of it okay then like because if you watch the whole thing you would be as like i've heard oh my goodness i saw parts of was it Megan and Cardi doing WAP? Yeah, yeah, that was something. And then I saw, you know, Miss Taylor, Miss Blonde Girl, Miss Blondie, Miss International Superstar, um, Sensation, do a little medley from Folklore and Evermore, um, and she won Album of the Album Year. Album of the Year, Folklore baby. won. Um, As well deserved. deserved. I don't even know what else was up for it though, so I I can't. The even only say. like in my eyes, if Folklore wasn't going to win. I would have rather it be future nostalgia. Oh yeah, future nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I don't know the other albums, honestly. I don't remember which one. I don't either. Nominated, honestly, but we're happy. We are. Um, and very quickly, I just wanted to say that uh, Monday morning, the Oscar noms came out. And listen, I don't think that the Oscars are like the end all be all. I think there are They're other not. awards ceremonies that kind of respect film and more diverse film 
more than the Oscars, and you know, they're kind of archaic. At the same time, to be nominated is like a huge honor, and it's nice seeing the films you like and the people you it like is. get nominated for them. So, you know, there's you know, that. The, every award show, every award season, there's going to be snubs. There's going to be yeah, I people like, who deserve. And part of me doesn't even believe in the snub, because like, unless like there really is someone nominated that you just don't think should be nominated, half the time I'm like, I don't think this was a snub. Like, if everyone deserved it who was nominated, then it's like, yeah. okay, then that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I guess, but, like, I don't know. I don't yeah. think there were any obvious snubs this season. Maybe I'm I'm missing out on something. I, I No, I, I might agree with you. I'm still, like, in Grammy mindset. I'm going back and forth between the Grammy and the Oscars. There was definitely There were sure there, there Grammy, Grammy snubs. snubs. Our Queen Rena. As they Rena Sawayama. <sighs> she got a Brit nomination i think though yeah she so, did which, which i'm really high and that took a long time for her to even like be able to be like, eligible yeah because yeah. they changed they had to change the rules and stuff so. yeah but anyway so the nominees for best picture and i'm we're gonna you know the father it's there's always one every single year that i'm like i never heard of this i've never heard of the i've father. never heard of the father either i think i might end up watching them all this year just because i'm not Same. doing that much yeah um we, and i we think might even do um you know, like film reviews for future episodes on some of them. Oh, maybe. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, I watched the other night. Did you? Excellent. It, is it, it's on HBO Max. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think I it's only on it. HBO Max for another few days. Yeah, so, so I'm going to have to get on that. Um, Mank, I mm. have not watched. Cause I haven't heard much about it. I know of it. but I've I only heard things about it because it's, it's David Fincher. Yeah. Um, And, you know, he took all that time off. And he comes back with Mank. It's kind of disappointing, but whatever. I think they just, I don't think it's going to win, but it, like, I they guess just they just had to nominate it. They just for some spice. Yeah, they had to. <laughs> uh, Minari, I really want to watch. Me I think too. it's on video on demand, so that's why I haven't watched it yet. I want to watch that very badly. <laughs> yeah, it looks great. Uh, Nomadland, I watched. How was it? I really liked it. You did? Some people didn't like it. it they're like, it's yeah, too I heard, sad. It's I heard too there slow. was like mixed reception. I really enjoyed it. Okay. I felt like it was very touching. What was your favorite element of it without like spoiling anything? Like what? I just think, you know, it was very, a very human film. Okay. And I felt like even though I've never been like a nomad, um, I I felt myself, you know, Presented relating to the those characters, experiences. And, which is the most important part. Yes. And that's why like in terms of like, literature and film and music that's what we really look for is that connectability even if like it doesn't resonate with us mm -hmm. entirely which is i think a really cool facet yeah i just it was really well done it was very moving i cried a lot during it um i cried i laughed i sweat a little i danced <laughs> <laughs> the gwyneth Paltrow yes. thing. um and I promising young woman epiphanies <gasps> promising young woman which i've seen the timeline absolutely split about some people love it some people absolutely it's hate it it's very true it's a very and i can see can both. i say it's a very controversial film it's is divisive a, it's polarizing if you it will. is um and i can see both sides of it so i just haven't commented because i don't want to anger um, either side i do agree with you i see both sides however the other side i do have are we going to start discourse? Here's we the thing. are. I think a lot of the people who like the film are men. You think so? That's what I've seen. A lot of okay. people praising it have been cis men. And a lot of the people who don't like the film 
have been uh, cis a, women and trans of, people. Have a lot of cis men watch that film. I'm yes. Kind of shocked. No, well, I mean, I follow a lot of film people, so that's why. Um, film bros, as as we might. Not even film bros, but just like people who like movies. Yeah. Who just watch movies. That's but, true. I always forget they exist. And so I think, <laughs> you know, a lot of the men just see it as a movie and like kind of this narrative about women in, in reclaiming power and stuff like that. Whereas women kind of see it as like a failed revenge movie. And yes, I, I we're not going to get into it, but like I can see both sides. I, and I get it from that perspective where you say you failed revenge. I think what it is, I'm a little biased. I love um, Emerald Fennel. I think she like creatively is super talented. And also, I've just, from the moment this film came out, like the trailer, like after it was um, at the film festivals and the first time I saw this trailer, I was so enamored by it, especially Carrie Mulligan. She is the moment. It also has my King Adam Brody in it for a slight hot second. It's got Bo Burnham in it. It has Bo Burnham in it. It has a cast. Um, I read a lot of her interviews. I've also watched a lot of her interviews. And of course, like I think that really helps you get into the mindset of what they were thinking when they are in their creative realm and their process. And it makes me understand the film that much more and it makes me respect her more as a person. Yeah, but anyway. Anyways. Next film that was nominated was Sound of Metal, which I really want to watch. That's on Amazon Prime. It's got Riz okay. Ahmed in it. I've heard wonderful Wait, things in about it. Riz Ahmed. Okay. Um. And then the final film is The Trial of the Chicago 7, which I watched. That's on Netflix. Yeah, it's the It's Aaron been on Sorkin my list one. forever, and I have not watched that either. It's, it's good. I mean, it's typical Aaron Sorkin, so take it from that what you will. I will. Um, the performances in it are really good. Who's in it? Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm. Um, what's his face? I almost called him Kendall Roy. That's the character he plays yes. in Succession. Um. I just blanked on his name, but you know. Uh, there's know. a lot of people in it. Yeah. Like a lot. It looks like an interesting film. It is interesting. It's 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 a trip. Um but again it's like kind of like a revisionist tale of America, which, you know, there's a few of those in the running this, this year, aren't Yeah, I feel like that's become a popular theme again. It is what it is. Yeah. Um anyway, anyways. Moving on to the main topic for today. the main course and we we talked about her a little bit earlier we talk about her a lot we actually do. in like each podcast because like it'd be like that we're talking today about the one okay we have only. to stop saying this we say this every single episode we go the one the, the only. only obviously it's the one and the only anyway <laughs> we're talking about taylor swift taylor swift or everyone taylor swift if you will um but more specifically we're speaking on fearless album because because as i mentioned earlier we have recorded this a few weeks in advance um hence our little current event segment maybe being a little outdated to some of our besties out there um we wanted to be prepared for the release of taylor's version of fearless the re-recorded album which mm -hmm. comes out um it will be today when we release this episode which is april 9th is it is that a friday yes oh yeah Perfect. It's a Friday, April 9th. Um, oh. So this is when this is dropping. Um, so we figured what we would do because obviously we, unfortunately, we are, 
Taylor has not texted me back. She did not want to give us Taylor's version early because, you know, she's a stickler with her albums. And, you know, I respect her for that. Yeah. Um, so we have to wait, just like all of you, um, April 9th to hear it for the first time. However, however, we would love to revisit the original Fearless, the one that started all, the one that made her a record-breaking artist. It, she is, to this day, the youngest artist to win Album of the Year for Fearless. Yes, and she's the first female artist to first win three female Album of the Years. With three Albums of the Years. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, so, like, when people are like, oh, I'm not huge on her, I'm not a big fan, or they try to bash her, I'm just like, I just, I just give the facts. I just tell them to trust the science. It's there. Mm-hmm. She has many Grammys. So Fearless won Album of the Year. So what did Folklore? What was the one in the middle? Was that Red? No, 1989. 1989 won? Yeah, it did. That's interesting. That is why I love that discourse when, like, because the, for the besties out there, 1989 is my favorite Taylor album. So, like, when people try to refute it, I'm just like, it's not tell that to album. album of the Year. It's a good album. It is. Um, it is pop perfection. But we're talking about Fearless Day. So we're going to go track by track and kind of rank slash rate um, each track and also yeah. just talk about each one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't listened to this before, the, the album, not our podcast, but um, I would give a listen, a, a listen. If you haven't listened to Fearless, even in part before this, what are you doing? I mean, I'm sure everyone's heard a few tracks off of it, but like if you've never listened to it in full – Maybe pause or after the fact, listen to it or just read. I hope to we it. inspire you to listen to it That'd if you haven't. I always want to listen to an album after hearing it oh, spoken same. about or like, like a song, a film, like anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whenever I listen to a podcast or I watch a YouTube video yeah. and someone's reviewing something, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Um, so are we gonna start with the bonus tracks or start with the main tracks? Yeah, I think I want to start with the bonus tracks. Okay, so we can get into the 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 juiciness of the the full album afterwards okay so to preface that the bonus tracks i had never like i didn't have the extended edition when i it listen this came out in 2008 yeah it was the recession my parents weren't paying that extra three dollars for freaking like five or six songs okay yeah thanks um so i had just the regular version and that was the second time we talked about the recession today it's on my mind. Who are we? I don't know, man. Um, so all of these I listened to the for the first time like a few days ago. And so I can't properly rank them against the main tracks. So mm-hmm. they're they're in their own little list. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the first on the on the bonus tracks is Jump Then Fall. Yes. You really like this one. It, yeah, so for in terms of the bonus tracks, it's my number one, Jump Then Fall. It is my number two. Ooh, okay. So I'm glad. So, so obviously everyone at home, as Kay just mentioned, this was, this was her first listen around, and we have not discussed this album really um, with each other. Not in depth. Yeah, we have not in depth, and I've never obviously talked to you about the bonus tracks because it's a fresh listen. Fresh so listen. I'm always curious to see people's opinion, especially like, I would, maybe I'm wrong. I've never in the fandom really hear anyone talk about Jump and Fall when you talk about Fearless. And I, yeah. 
It is a masterpiece. I wouldn't go masterpiece, but it's good. It's so catchy. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel like I'm young, I'm in love, and life is grand, and I'm here for a great time. Um, what did I write about it? I said her voice is so young. It it really is. You can still hear I mean, her realist. her young sound. Yeah, yeah, but um, it it still has like kind of old acoustic, ho- not hokey, but you know, kind of country vibe to it. Got the twang. Um, some of the lyrics are a little juvenile, but it's also mixed with like some things that sound like she could have written them now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's just a little bit lackluster in comparison to some of the ones that are on the main album. Mm. Like, it's just kind of missing something. I agree. Lyrically, not the strongest, but it will still be my number one for the bonus because it just, as you talked about, it, it has that nostalgia for it me. It captures the essence of the album, which was like what you were describing where it's like, I'm young, I'm in love, I'm fearless. Jump mm-hmm. and fall. Yeah. Um, it's a good song though. I liked it. Enjoyed listening to it. Um, the next bonus track is "Untouchable." Um, it's a little slow. Yeah. But I like it. And the chorus, some of the chorus reminds me of the verses, uh, in "Lucky One," <gasps> when she goes, "But you don't feel pretty. You just feel used." It's like Stop. kind of a very ma- okay. So sound. I made a connection. Well, um, so for this album, I've heard it before many a time being a huge Swifty. Um, but like some of these songs I haven't listened to a hot minute. So on the drive here, I like listen to some of it just to like familiarize myself with them again. Untouchable. Um, it kind of, it gave me red vibes for sure. Like when I was listening, I was like, oh, red. But weirdly enough, I'm, I'm not even going by lyric. I'm going by like, I guess like the resonance and the atmosphere of the song. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of Begin Again. It sounds like Begin Again. It also sounds like, like I said, the lucky, the lucky one, one, where it's got that kind of slow. Yeah, and it has and a like good sound to it. Yeah. Um. This is actually so out of the six tracks, this is number five on my list. All right, put this as my number one. Interesting. I really like this one. For me, it just like. It's a very pleasant listen. Yeah, and like usually, don't get me wrong, I'm a ballad hoe. Like we know. Yeah, but like. And again, like everything on these lists, like I still like even if they're last on my list, I still like them. Yeah. But yeah, sh- I had to put her at number five. That's for for specific that's reasons. Fine. Um, next is "Forever and Always" the piano version. I didn't uh... I didn't rate this one because you know "Forever and Always" I already like that song and I knew that song, but I never listened to the piano version, so it felt weird grouping it in with the main album. It also felt weird grouping it in with the other ones. So I just didn't rate it at all. But it's I, really good. I gave it number two on my bonus track list. So honestly, it if Jump and Fall did not exist, it would be number one, obviously. I mean, um, it's good. It, the essence I get from that song is literally like being in a car or like a school bus and like looking out the window as it's raining there's a lot of those on this I <laughs> there think really I wrote is in my notes. The, this is peak that but like in such the best way mm-hmm. yeah um next one is come in with the rain mm. it reminds it reminded me of crazier from the hannah montana okay. soundtrack yes it was a little hokey sounding um the lyrics i just thought were kind of basic it was kind of boring baseline i would agree I put it as number four in my bonus track. It's number four in mine as well. It's just like, yeah. 
It's fine. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Anyways. Uh, superstar. Mm. It's a very young sounding one. Is this about Joe Jonas? That actually is really good speculation. Because when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, this is like how I felt about Nick Jonas. And I was like, wait. Wait. Wait a second. Wait a second. Oh, how the tables have turned. Um, um, I don't know. I know. I. This uh, is no, like I'm the stop. Joe Jonas kind of era. I know. Leading. I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to think of. There's a certain song on the album where I, I think I, I'm gonna. I don't know. I don't know. I'll be honest, besties. I really don't know. Anyway, I put this as number five in the bonus tracks. I think which is last. Last. Yeah. You're sick. Oh, you didn't. You because I didn't do. Come, I didn't do. Uh, forever and always, always piano. Yeah. This um actually superstar is my number three. These are my top three of the bonus tracks. Mm. Um, this is pretty generic sounding to me. It was like it was, but like again, it's that nostalgia that you. I don't have. Yeah. So. And Sorry. Like even when like even like a fresh nostalgia, not even like remind me of like being younger and listening to the album, but like just reminiscing on Taylor's youth. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. Um. So the last bonus track is the other side of the door. Um, I liked it. It was just kind of basic, and it didn't really stand out that much to me. This is such an unpopular opinion because I know a lot of people love this song. I was, it was just like no, it's okay because I, I actually feel the same way as you. Um, she was last on my. I put it as number three on my ranking. She was number six for me. Um, the other side of the door. I know the Swifties are gonna come to for my throat for this one. Um. Listen, like I said, she doesn't write a bad song necessarily. And, like, I'm not saying, well, like, don't you start. <laughs> I won't say anything. Um, I have nothing against this song, but, like, just the album cohesively, like, all the other tracks are just a little better. And that's okay. Um, I think this is also a good time to discern between us two. You are a Swifty. Yes. I call myself a Taylor Swift fan, which means that I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm not crazy. Cause that makes You're me, questionable. No, but I'm saying like her taste is questionable. The way the way Swifties react to anything that Taylor does is like she's insane. She's, she's crazy. Sick and twisted. She's yeah. What, she is. Just look at Craig's Twitter if you want to see what a Swifty's mind looks yeah. like. And I'm just like, oh that's cool. And I think that's the difference. No, like me watching her at the Grammys I lost my mind. Yeah, like I was her just like, performance. oh, this is really good. Craig is, like, kicking, screaming, I wa- crying. No, I literally was in my bed, and I, I was just, like, flailing my limbs. And I I'm just, like, I don't get that way, I guess, over a lot of artists you anymore. Don't. Maybe that's okay. that, like, Rena. Um, damn, there's a plane that's, like, flying very slow. That or it's a shooting star. Or it's a UFO. Oh, my gosh. Dun, dun, dun. I love me a conspiracy. Um, but... And I think also now's a good time to. I don't know if you listened to it, but I I told you to the the Las Culturistas episode. I didn't listen to Whatever. it. Whatever. But I'm just going to employ their theory right here that there's like two Taylors. There's Taylor Swift, the songwriter, and there's Taylor Swift, like the persona of like kind of the Reputation era was when this was the biggest, where it's just like she's kind of petty. And writes those biting lyrics and stuff like that. 
um, you know, very much look what you made me do is like a Taylor song where like August is a Taylor song. Well, she is a fire sign. I'm aware, but ooh, it is a planet, but it's very UFO looking. Anyway, I'm, I keep looking out my window. It's so bright. It's moving so slow. No, what I the need hell to look. What's going on? Is it that blinking light? It's that. Oh, I really can't see the window Cute. that well. I'm on like her is bed. Is it a UFO? So. Oh my gosh. I mean, now is a it's a Chinese satellite. <laughs> It's the the aliens know we're talking about fearless. They're like, we want it. In. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, heard you were talking about fearless. Anyway, so I'm going to employ that theory in some of my analysis of these songs. There's not that much Taylor in this album. I love how they differentiate the personas. But it's very true. And I was actually thinking about this. Like an this. evil twin theory. I was thinking about this before I even heard their theory about it. But like how... I re- I enjoy Taylor the most when she's being Taylor and it's just she's writing her songs and it's very genuine. I don't like when she almost takes in a like a defensive or an offensive position and she engages in these feuds, you know, when she had that tweet to Netflix about the Ginny and Georgia thing and it's just like mm, like that's I- so Taylor. Yes. Where it's like you don't need to engage in this anymore. But she does. But I I, I, think, I thought that was a little I think, like, listen, I listen, we can have our different opinions and that's okay. But I think it goes beyond the tailor of it all. And I think it, which again, and since being a Swifty, I watch her interviews a lot. I like listen to like everything. It's more about the idea, obviously, of her. You want to defend yourself, especially when you're in that light and like you are this person who's under a microscope. But it goes further than that. It goes into like the idea of women itself. And it's it's the idea of the hypocrisy and the double standard. So like the joke that they make, like, oh, like all that you like I forgot what it was, like something about like you date more men than Taylor Swift or like go between them faster. But like first of all, it's old. It's not funny anymore. It never was. But the whole thing is the idea that men can do this and it's not commented on. I mean, I don't think that was the intent of the show. It's written by a woman also. And I think, I don't know, for Taylor to do that, was it was kind of punching down. And I was like, all right. If I were her, I would have just been like, oh, that's stupid and moved on. See, no, I I would probably speak out to Like, I get the, the level of, like, I get it. Like, I think if I was in her spot, I'd do the same thing because I'm the type of person who's like, no, like, I'm actually going to hold you accountable because that wasn't funny. Very Sagittarius of her. Yeah, I guess I'm fire sign. I would baby. let it. I guess I would let it go, but I'm different. Anyway, you're very passive. Not even. It's just like if it's not worth getting into, I'm just not gonna say anything. But like, what what like determines that worth? If it like really affects me, like was this affecting Taylor's public persona? No, it's a stupid joke that's made a million been made a million times. No one thought twice about it. Really, I didn't see anyone talking about it until she tweeted about it. Um, I don't know if I could say the same thing. I could be wrong. Maybe because you're in that world, but yeah. I'm just, you know. Anyway, moving on to the main tracks yes. <laughs> of the album after that little tangent. Um, so Fearless is the opening track. It's also the, you know, the title track. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love this one. I think it. You good? Oh my goodness, this song. I think it per- it deserves to be the title track. It perfectly introduces the themes and the vibes of the rest of the album. 
Um, you can hear that her voice is still growing and making that transition from country into more of a pop sound. It's just it, it and it does bring the nostalgia for me personally. Honestly, one of the strongest bridges. Taylor is known for writing strong bridges. Yeah. And she keeps your attention. This bridge is so like anytime I listen to Fearless in the car, like of course it's gotta be like at a twenty. But as soon as that bridge hits, I'm turning that baby up to 25. <laughs> and I'm going to be screaming those lyrics. So good. Also, my connection with the song. So I saw her for Reputation Stadium Tour. I saw her twice. I saw her um, in Philly. And then I saw her at MetLife in Jersey. So I went to MetLife Night 2. And any besties out there who are Swifties knows she does surprise songs um, each, like, leg of the tour like each show and she decided to sing fearless and it was pouring raining that show wow. so she sang that fearless in the pouring rain that's great like the iconicism of it all um a so, moment so this was number two on my list actually it was number two on mine as oh, well look at that oh, look at us look at us i think that's i don't know how many that's we'll bestiaism right there <laughs> Bestiaism. Okay. The next track is 15. Okay. I have like mixed feelings on this I one. I do too. Again, I don't know if it's the one of my favorite. It actually, a very powerful Taylor lyric to me um, is the part of the song where she sings, Back then I swore I was going to marry you someday, but I realized some bigger dreams of mine. Mm, that's a good one. That is my one of my favorite Taylor lyrics because it's so. It just speaks to the whole idea of like your youth and it's a very youthful youth and being in a relationship and like even looking back on it Mm -hmm. because I'm sure many people could relate to that. I myself like remember like being in a relationship where like I thought that person was the one and I thought I was going to marry them and it like it just sometimes that's my man. (laughs) That's my man. The evermore of it all. Um, but yeah, that lyric to me is just so like it it punches you in the gut. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. Um, I so when this album came out, I was like ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so listening to this, fifteen, I'm like, okay, that's five years down the line. I'm gonna be in high school, you know. So this was like you're like projecting with this song. You're like, where am I gonna it be? Filled me with like dread. Did it? Because it was <gasps> like you're gonna be in that's a relationship. An interesting perspective. And it's gonna be heartbreaking. And life's going to be so, like, there's just so much drama to it, I feel like. Um, I was prepared for, yeah, that heartbreak and all that came instead of that when I actually was 15 was, like, late buses and oboe lessons. So it was like, all right. Oh, my God. You played the oboe? Yeah. Oh, we don't have to get into that. You're iconic. Yeah. Wait, did it? Who played them? The, who plays Megan. The, yes. From Drake and Josh. Josh yeah. I'm like, who on TV played the oboe? <laughs> yeah. Um, that lyric, um, I didn't know what I was supposed to be at 15. What did you want to be at 15? Like, like projecting into the, at 15 years old, what did I want to be in my future? Like yeah. Like a career? Yeah. Um, when I was 15. Oh, that's a good question. Honestly, I want to say, I know for the longest time I wanted to be a marine biologist. Oh. I know. So. You should write a song about how you 
fell out of love with marine biology and it's like your 15 it's actually it's actually really simple how i fell out fell out of you're love not good with at it. biology i hate biology <laughs> there you go i love um, marine life but i hate biology i i think i wanted to work for disney of course which uh not my dream anymore Thank which God. is so awkward because everyone God. wrote my yearbook like can't like let See me know when disney. you're working at disney and it's like uh but like no, it's not awkward because when you're writing screenplays for, for future films like they're gonna be like oh that's where she went yeah. even better boom yeah, we'll magic um i rated this one number 10 okay i'm not too far off i i rated her number eight yeah it's just like it's, she's it's, fun. She's a cute little number. It's she nostalgic. Has, Hell yeah. She has good life lessons. She's mm-hmm. got Abigail in there. Abigail, her, her friend. Her bestie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still besties to this day. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, but yeah, like it doesn't have the endurance I need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit too slow as well. Um, moving on to one of her most iconic songs. Don't even. I mean, I have to. You got it. It's, it's love story. It's love story. Shakespeare found dead in a ditch. Taylor murdered Shakespeare. Shakespeare, I was like, I was going to come back as a ghost, but I, I don't even dare now. Um, he fact, walked so she could run. I didn't know this was about Romeo and Juliet when it came out because I was 10. Well, you were 10, yeah. So I didn't know anything about like classic literature. At I was that about to point. Say, did you understand the pop culture of Romeo and Juliet at your age though? That I'm curious about because when I was 12 when this album came out and I understood that much. I think it. I figured it out like a year or two later where I, I, I guess I learned about Romeo and Juliet okay. somehow. I just came up in media because it is a pretty famous yeah. Because I was gonna say it's so famously like saturated into pop culture. So like my question that i guess to you was like to figure out how old are we when we truly understand the um tenets of romeo and juliet probably like 11 12 yeah because like but when i was 12 when this album came out and like i was like yep i got it i yeah it took me it took me a bit where i think i, I remember actually i remember specifically listening my mom had her ipod she gave it to me she was like in the grocery store and she's like if you can sit in the car put the windows down and i listened to love story on repeat and i was like romeo Oh, because then I was like, "What? Are, what are you? Something clicked. What are some of these things that they're talking about? Like, Something I don't, clicked, I don't get it." And then I was like, "Oh!" And then I like, and then I didn't know the actual story of Romeo and Juliet, like that they kill themselves at the end. Yeah. And so I was like, "Oh, it doesn't end with them living happily." What I love after. about this song, um, when she, as you were there as well, when she performed this at the 1989 tour, mm-hmm. um, she kind of remixed it a little i guess you could say and used the like synth piano to make it like a 1989 version it's mm. so cool how she did it but i love how like sh- you know with a taylor concert she does a lot of talking which i am not going to complain about she explains stuff so she does talk about that she's like you know i wrote this song when i was 16 and i really wish they had a happier ending mm-hmm. and that's why she wrote it yeah and i think that's so that's like cute it is it's sweet i'm gonna rewrite a few things so that people have happier endings. Jane Eyre, Wuthering Heights. Uh, I was gonna say more of like Pride story of Achilles and Patroclus. Mm. That too. Um, this is number five on my list. Okay. Um, I'm a sucker for this song. It's my number one. Oh. On this album, it is. It's great. Like I told, I told you my story. I forgot which episode it was. Like listening to this in gym. Oh in yeah. Middle school. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's just something about this song that is just pure 
serotonin. I cannot explain it. So when she re-released it for um this new album that drops, I like of course being the Swifty I am, like some people are like, Oh yeah, like it sounds like a little different. I'm like, No, I hear every difference in this. You're song. like at, at point this second, like <laughs> literally you can hear yeah. she modulates the pitch a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, so ooh. I was like You know what I'm I think I think it sounds good. <laughs> and I think I just have a connection to it because you know, as an English major and an English teacher, um, it's so full circle because now I teach Romeo and Juliet. You should just it's crazy. Play them love story and be like, that's all you need to know. I really should. But <laughs> I do have to say, Taylor, if you were ever to like go back to some Shakespeare, I would love to get like, oh, because again, you only get a little sliver of it. It like does not encapsulate Romeo and Juliet. By I want far. a Hamlet based song. I know. I just want <laughs> I want to I want a song from Paris's perspective, who is Juliet's um like lover mm. he was obsessed with, not obsessed with her but he loved her and wanted to marry her and Juliet did not want him I don't know she really likes literature so she might yeah she's probably gonna write a whole album based off of the great Gatsby I would love that actually like a concept album based off of that would a be bunch sick. of like literature and a bunch of like books even though like, I think the, she could do it listen I know the great Gatsby is like overdone the American dream I still love it it's a classic I am a Fitzgerald fan I would actually love to see her do a concept album with that novel. Or, like, even with that theme of, like, the American dream. Through, like, the perspectives of the different characters. Like, was it mean to Myrtle as opposed to, like, what it means to Nick Carraway? Or I just mean, like, other novels, too, that deal with that. Oh, yeah. Like, was it there for the salesman and stuff? Yeah, and then I'm thinking um, East of Eden, Giant Steinbeck. All that stuff. A lot of Steinbeck is, like, Mm -hmm. American dream. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Yeah. Um. I would love to get a concept album from her. I, I'll text her. Okay. I'll let her know. Okay. Um, next on the list is uh, Hey Steven. My song. Which is kind of a skip. When you know I why it's my it. song? No. It's my middle name. Oh. The, the epitome of my songs, Hey Steven by Taylor Swift and Steven by Kesha. Mm. The bop. I, so many songs. Yes, my name. There's there's a song I like called Katie, Queen of Tennessee. That's a fun one. But I'm not the Queen of Tennessee. Not yet. I've been to Tennessee twice. Not yet. No, I'm good. Okay. I don't want to be a queen in general. Fuck the monarchy. True. Anyway, a skip when I was younger. It's cute and fun. It just doesn't really like leave that much of an impression on me. Like when I think of this album, I don't think of Hey Steven. I like in the song the lyric when she talks about those other girls and she said would they write a song for you i was like "Ooh, she, that was, was she like, was really in her pick I was me like, era so true taylor would they write a song for you they might it just they're they not they wouldn't they're not taylor swift they're not so taylor so they know. wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't know they, they definitely didn't those other girlies they they wanted what she had and that was the songwriting capability it was yeah um i put this as number 12 okay um Mine was, I'm, I'm like sitting there thinking as if the numbers are in front of me. Mine was actually at number nine. Mm. 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 Oh, oh. Anyway. <laughs> uh, now we're on to our track five, which oh. is White Horse. And before you were talking about like songs that make you stare out the window, yeah. this was that for me. It made me very emotional. Like I would either stare out the window and like mouth along or sing along to the song or like, <laughs> 
I had my Barbies, and sometimes I'd play the album and like make them act along to the songs and make up stories that had Amazing. to do with the songs. And I definitely did that for this one, as you should. Like, I really like this song. I just have like very fever dream like memories of the music video for this song and the flip phone she has. I don't remember this music video, so I'm going to have to rewatch okay. it now. <laughs> it's like pretty dramatic at points. I'm sure. <laughs> but it's so oh, it's so good. Um you you know, she loves fairy tales and mythology and it's really reinforced in this song. Um and in this album. That's just like a common thread throughout all of her albums. It's like she really likes mythology and fairy tales and stories and stuff. I like how the end of the song changes. Yeah. Um because at first it's very much like a want, like I almost like I want you back, like I miss you. But by the end of it, she realizes like she needed to get out of that small town, mm-hmm. and like it's more hopeful in the end. It's still a track five. It's still depressing, but like there's that like put me first attitude by the end, which I'm like, yeah. I also put that her. This is when I noted this, I think, that her oohs and her uh-ohs are really in full swing on this album. Oh, yeah. She used to do that a lot, and she doesn't really do that much anymore. I think it's because she had just she was just doing filler stuff. Yeah. But she do a lot of those ooh-ohs. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm like thinking, ooh oh oh yeah, like Hannah Montana. <laughs> whoa, whoa, ooh <laughs> yeah, like... She did a lot of that on this album. She was inspired by Miley. She said, let me take those transitions. She did that on this album, Speak Now, a lot. Do you remember, though, actually her and Miley sang 15 at the Grammys one year together? I don't remember. Iconic. I know that they were friends, though. Yes. Um, This one is number six on my list. Interesting. Very. Uh, we're, we have very similar. Mine's at number seven. Okay. Yeah. That's like it's a good one. We're we're going. Pr- there's no fighting yet. No. I don't think there will be much fighting on this one. I don't think it's that divisive. Of an it album. won't be. But like once we get to like her other albums, if we ever do in the future, yeah. like I think fist fights. Yeah, there's gonna be fist fights. There will be blood. <sighs> anyway. Probably more of mine. Next is you belong with me, the the pick me girl anthem. If you will. I loved this. I'm sure I related to it when I was younger. Now I'm like, okay. You should still love it. No, I still love the song, yeah. but like oh, I can't relate yeah, to it. No, in the same way. I, I mean like no like no offense. I, I really hope you wouldn't. Um, gun to my head. I could probably recite every single lyric perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Um I pretty sure this was like you could see how many times you like played a song on in your Apple music yeah. back in the day, like on my iPod nano. Um, I'm sh- pretty sure this was one of my like top played songs. Oh, probably. Like it was in my top ten. Then again, w- this is like the era of the music video. Was like this. Album. I remember watching that music video in Wendy's. Specifically, specifically in Wendy's because they would like play music videos. Did they? At the one no- that I went to, and we would say Wendy's went to a lot. Fancy Wendy's. They play music videos <laughs> I in really there. Didn't. Maybe it was just like on the news or something, or they had MTV on or something. But I remember watching it and being like, damn. <laughs> This is this is it. But wait, like, do Wendy's usually have TVs? Yeah. Do they? Yeah, there's always like one or two TVs in a Wendy's. Uh, I mean, it's really been a hot. Minute, I haven't but... been inside a Wendy's in a very long time. Like, I haven't been inside many places in I'm, a very. Long I'm gonna time. be dramatic, like not to be dramatic. Like, I'd have to say at least, because I've been vegetarian over five years now. They got baked potatoes. 
I know, but like I also just try to stay away from fast food because yeah, I get sensitive stomach. So like, it's been at. Least... I have a sensitive stomach, and I still get fast food because I I live for because you love chaos to live for the hope of it all. <laughs> I mean, literally, meet me behind the mall. That's literally, where you can find those places. I'm going to TGI Fridays, baby. <laughs> um, this is like. This song is very much like it's a dance around your room and singing to your hairbrush song. Like if there it ever is. if there ever was one, this is it. I also love the memes that came out of this music video. Yeah. I love the one where it's her holding up the um notebook and it says wear a mask. No, it says wear a damn mask. Oh. That I saw the ones like I love you and the one's like I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. That one was a little bit too relatable. Um <laughs> anyway. Wait, on, I kid you not, I'm pretty sure there's a YouTube video where someone remade it was like obviously homemade where someone remade the music video and it was you belong with me gay version. I've never it exists. It. Anyway, the ranking on this one, I put this as my number four. Ooh, okay. Um again, not too far off. I actually put this at number six. A little bit lower. Just this because. is in my top five. I just I ha- I have so much nostalgia for it. Um, I, I have a certain song in my top five, and I feel like it's not going to be in yours. And I'm really curious to see if it is. We'll see. We will. Um. So breathe is the next song. My this is featuring Miss Colby Calais, mm-hmm. who I I like her. I don't know where she's been, but she's like she fits her into a- the coffee house queen. Yeah, music with like. What's her face that you really like? Oh, my queen, Vanessa Carlton. Vanessa Carlton. I'm like, also, I think Michelle Branch. I think of Sarah Bareilles. That's Sarah Bareilles. A lot of those. Yeah. Um, so this song, the verses like take a while, but the chorus is really good. Like you know, like it takes a while to get into it, but once you're in it, you're like, oh. Oh no, girl! I'm old. like as soon as this song comes on the strum of that guitar like i go feral wow i feral. am i am a whore for breathe i really like it i am very excited for the um taylor's version of the song like, you think I'm... they're gonna have colby back in the studio yeah she is in it oh, oh she's she's gonna mm-hmm. come back for it that's mm-hmm. good yeah lovely um this is another one where she she's at up at 2 a.m 2 a.m. Girl, go to sleep. <laughs> um, as my queen, my, my queen of YouTube, if anyone watches her, Ashley Ippolito, she does a lot of uh, music reviews, but she started doing film recently as well. Mm-hmm. As she loves to say, in this house at 3 a.m., we do not mess with demons. And that is so true because that is when they come out. So why are we, why are we, why are we letting this happen? Why are we in, allowing them in? I'm rarely I just said, why are we 20 times? Why? Um, this is my, this is number nine on my list, which seems low, but there's a lot of bangers on this album. I know, and like I, oh, oh my god, how could you? How could I am so sorry, Colby and Taylor. This is number three for me. Oh wow, it's in my top three. But oh. like, here's the thing: I wouldn't judge anyone for putting it in their top five. Oh yeah, it's just for me. It's like there are better songs, and I get album. that. Like I take back, like I just got a little flustered, for, and I get it actually. The you take this very personally. I do, but then I also remember, like, in a sense, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this. I think I'm more of a ballad hoe than you are. Yeah, yeah. I like a more upbeat song. You do, just because I can't listen to a ballad all the time. Oh, I. But could. I could probably listen to a, an upbeat song all the time. I get that. Like, I have to be in a mood for it. 
Um, okay. Next on the album is Tell Me Why, which I definitely skipped a lot when I was younger. It's not a, it's not a bad song. It's just like whatever. And her vocals are like kind of weak on this one compared to the rest, I feel like. Like there's just something off about her voice in this on this song and it's just like lyrically it's just not my favorite i'm gonna be honest i think yeah lyrics i put it at a 1.5 out of three yeah i ranked each one yeah i i honestly like i'll i I had metrics by the way for this ranking like there was a numerical grade at the end of each song i mean you have metrics with everything you rate yeah which is phenomenal it was a zero to three rating for each of these three metrics so it was a total nine that they could have gotten um one of the categories was nostalgia. Another one was like boppability, like is it a good song? Can I listen to it easily? And then a three for the lyrics. Um, and this one had only a one point five on the lyrics, which is like you know, it's fine, but it happens. A, a, listen, an average ha- song is like a two. Also, like she has nine albums out. There's bound to be one that's not your favorite song. Yeah, yeah. This isn't my least favorite song of hers ever, but it's. It's down there. Yeah. It's the last one for this album. I rated it number 13. 13. For me, it's at number 12. It's just like, it's fine. It's just not great. Um, Next is You're Not Sorry. Ooh. I think I, I skipped this one a lot when I was younger, cause I, except for when I was like in my feels. You know, as much as a, a 10, 11-year-old can be. It's a good song. It's very well constructed. Oh, good. You know? It has the build. It's, it it's, has the velocity. It it really paces itself very nicely, and it comes to this nice dramatic finish. It has this, like, tenacity to it's it. It's so depressing. Oh. It made me so sad listening to it's it. It's also kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like a, a badass empowering anthem as well to me. Yeah. Um, I think uh when i hear this song the first thing that comes to mind is the speak now world tour um and of course the live album is on streaming platforms and she does a mashup of back to december apologize and you're not sorry mm-hmm. and i always think of that medley because it's just so beautiful and like i just love this song um i put this at number eight Again, it's not like a bad song. It's just yeah. there's better ones. So this is a song I was thinking of before, where it's like I'm wondering where you're putting it. It's in my top five. It's number five. It's a, it's I like it. It's just again, you're more of a ballad person, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So moving on to the way I loved you. Ooh, that is a power song. It's good. It's I love a toxic relationship. <laughs> Screaming and crying. And kissing in the rain. Like, this is the other. So, Fearless and The Way I Loved You are probably my two favorite bridges on the whole album. Like, those it's, those are the ones where good. I increase the volume at that part. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I am just screaming on the top of my lungs. Like, he can't see the smile I'm faking and my heart's not, not breaking. breaking. But now I'm not feeling anything at all. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, was this ever a single off the album? I don't think so. I don't. I think it could have been, though. I don't remember. It could have stood alone as a single. Um, And the reason I actually got into this song um, was because of one of my good friends who, in my Swiftyism of it all, she isn't one, but she was back in the day when Taylor was, like, becoming Taylor. 
and before so when, she was Taylor. Yeah. So when this album was out, like we were in middle, yeah, we were middle school, and she's like, I listen to this every day in middle school. So like her and I would listen to this song in the car, and it just reminds me of her, um, and like all the good memories we had, like driving and stuff, listening to the song, and she's the one who left because like i always just thought it was a good song but she was the one who instilled that like growth and i'm like oh wait this isn't just a good song it's a good song yeah and the vocals really came for this one i would love to see this song live i have not seen it live i don't know if i ever i don't remember what her her sets were when i saw her like which what tours did you see her for i saw her for red in 1989 she but she changed it up every night so i'd yeah. have to like look it up on google so, like, in terms of, she could have done it for a surprise song for Red. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. 1989, which night were you there for? I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. Well, the reason I asked is surprise song-wise. So, the night I was there, she did You Are In Love, which was one of her bonus tracks. Um, The other night, she did 15. It might have been You Are In Love. Hmm. I saw her in New Jersey. Oh, who was your um? Yeah, who was your guest performer that night? Performer or like the people who came out for style? Is that what you mean? So when she brings out an artist to sing with her, oh, was I don't it remember. Nick Jonas or was it The Weeknd? I don't remember. You psychopath! I don't know anyway. if he had one. She did. I she don't brought, remember. She brings someone out every night. That it was, was the, high school. That was the nineteen eighty nine ism of it all. Anyway, anyway, I put this one at number three. Yeah, um, she's number four for me. It's, it's like she's in the top five. five. Yeah, it's like again, fearless and the way I love you, the bridges are stronger than anything on this planet. Stronger than any actual bridge. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Especially like, in literally. this country. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Moving on to forever and always. This song is so good. It's good. It builds in such a masterful way. I remember just losing my shit to the lyrics. It rains when you're here and it rains when you're gone. Or just like when she starts it, it rains and oh yeah. my god, I was just on the floor like starfish. Like oh my god, this is it. You're like it is raining. Like I love the in idea my brain of raining in someone's room. Uh, I it it just used to make me go feral and it still kind of does. I just really love this one. What just happened? <laughs> what was that? What was what that? Was that? <laughs> something just something, something shifted. just fell. Something just happened. <laughs> it was like, is it the ghost? There's a ghost in my. There house. is a ghost. Um, they must have pushed the article of clothing. The backup baby backup part into the final chorus goes stupid hard. It goes stupid, stupid hard. I love this song so much. I do too. You're gonna hate me where I ranked it. Did you rank it low? I did. Again, because I prefer the piano version. As I said in the bonus okay, tracks, well, it was number two. The piano version's number two for me. In the in this in the regular album ranking, it's number eleven. <gasps> I know. This is my number one. Oh. <laughs> I but I'm not gonna Ooh. say I hate you. You're sick. Which is what you would say oh, to me I so would. if, and my, I, I if your number one was my number 11. Yeah, I so will. <laughs> That's the difference between a Swifty and a Taylor Swift fan. We have taste. No. And we're crazy. I'm not mean. <laughs> we're mentally ill. What can I say? I don't threaten people if they don't like a song. What was the what? What was the song off of? 
was it 1989 that I said I didn't like? Yeah, we're not going to start this fight again because I <laughs> I want you to truly understand. Like, it was the morning when we were texting and you really ruined my day. <laughs> like, you were boiling my blood. Like, I was so angry. Oh, my God. And then it turned, like, this just shows how mentally ill I am. It turned into depression and it just threw off my whole day. I was just, like, ranking. I was like, yeah, I don't love this song. And you're like, I'm crying and shaking. I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't be like, oh, I know. You're like, it's not that great of a song. You definitely like gave it a little bit of a punch of an insult. Yeah, but like, and um... again, <laughs> I think it's a great track five. I know you took to Twitter. Some people have I, other opinions. I didn't say that that one was. A, I said it's it's on thin ice. You, d- you're on thin ice. Whatever. No. Thin ice. That that is a low blow. You're gonna hate what I think of Reputation then. Oh, I know what you think. We've talked about it very minimally, and I'm too scared to <laughs> to broach the subject. Yeah, and like, oh no, God. I actually fear for your safety. Not even me, but like the fandom will find out where you live. No. Yeah, it's 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 a fan favorite. Listen, to be a fan of someone is being being able to be critical of them when they're not doing their best work, and I don't think Reputation was her best work. Was it essential? Yes. Did she have to get that out of the way so that she could do Lover and that she could do Folklore and Evermore? Yes. It was essential in her growth. And she needed to experiment with those sounds to get where she got. But as a whole, it's not a great album. It's good. It's not a great album. It is great. You're just biased. You have the nostalgia for it. I do. I don't have any nostalgia for it, so looking at it objectively. Like, do you not remember her coming back to social media and posting the snake? No, I do, and it was cringy. No. And I liked her, and I was like, oh, what is she doing? No, like, I, like, like, because, again, 1989 was my favorite album, so for her to disappear like that, it was just like, and then for her to just come back and, like, post, like, a blackout on her Instagram and it her Twitter. It felt like she was almost doing like a Lady Gaga thing where she was shifting into like a new persona and it felt very artificial and created by a PR team. It didn't seem like Taylor. It seemed like Taylor, this like thing that she's become and that she's made for herself, but it's not the authentic self. And that's, that's all I'm going to say about it. Moving on Moving to the next on. track. <laughs> we have... The best day, which again, I just think of the music video. I don't remember it. It's very much like homemade tapes and stuff. Oh, maybe I do remember yeah, it then. It's very, um, it's very cute. I love that the song is like for her mom. It's, it's so sweet. It is. It's a really like I hate to use the word not to undermine it. It's a wholesome song. It just, yeah. it's very. I think you. Everyone has to feel good listening to yeah, it. Yeah, but I think, like, anything sweet, like, you, I can't listen to it too much or I get sick of it and it's, like, too sweet. It's like cookies. You can't have too many cookies or you're yeah. going to vomit. Same with music. Um, Again, she's, like, leaning into her family history, which in a lot of her early albums I think she did a lot of where she did a lot of referential stuff to her family and now she's doing that again, um, like, with her grandmother and everything. Mm-hmm. And then also the bonus track on Evermore. Um, it's uh, When It's Time to Go. Oh, I got to re-listen to that one. It's a very good one. It's probably my favorite of the bonus tracks. Um, rather unpopular opinion. I think it's a good song. I think the lyrics are really good, too. 
Um, I rated this one number seven. Mine's number ten. Again, it's like I think it's just I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Um, it's a great song, but you won't find me listening. To yeah, it I'm not going to be listening to it over and over again. And like every once every once in a while. Pick. No, but definitely not the last. But because it, it is genuinely a good song, and it's it nice. is. Um, the the last the final track is change, mm-hmm. and I remember really liking this one when I was younger, but I. I'm going to be flat out honest. This was my last spot. This is my number 13. This is number 11 on my list. Um, You know why? To me, ooh, I'm going to get so much hate for this. And this is coming from like someone who's so obsessed with her. This is like a weak version of Long Live. I feel the same way. I don't think you're going to get hate for that. I don't think this is anyone's favorite Taylor Swift song. Someone out there has to be. This is you cannot song. be afraid of criticizing an artist. Okay, it I is know. essential if you're going to like them that you need to be able to criticize them. You should be afraid of Swifties, though. They are scary. I am not afraid because I, I could, I could show them one picture of her and they'd be like just on the floor and I could defeat them easily. <laughs> That's very true. Like just, that's their kryptonite. There are so many things that could just break their spirits. They're weak. Yeah, all you have to <laughs> do is tell them that. All all you have to do is stay is on thin ice and. You just watch you shatter half this world. And, like, I don't care about their opinions that much. Um, it's, a, it's a good song. It's just a little odd, this song. There's something just odd about no, it. No, I agree. No, like, me saying it's a it's a weak version of Long Live. Like, like I said, I did, like, a quick listen through, like, on my way here. And, like, lyrically, I think it's her weakest. Yeah. And just the whole hallelujah part just throws me off. I'm like, what the, why the fuck are you saying hallelujah? <laughs> Why are you a church Praise girl God. all of a sudden? <laughs> like because Southern influence, my my friend. She's not from the South. She's not, but like she's from Pennsylvania. <laughs> she's from Pennsylvania. She relocated, which is the South of the North. <laughs> it really is, but she relocated to Nashville, That's and like true. to be that country artist, she had to paint that picture of like the the um the Southern girl, like the archetype mm-hmm. of the Southern belle yeah. who goes to church and is a good. I mean, honestly. I'm like honestly, honestly, uh, no. um, her Netflix doc on um, Miss Americana. I've only watched it. Oh, okay. Well, that would have it would have just explained all of this because she talks about like what a good girl is and what her label wanted her to be in terms yes. of like, the southern girl, this good girl, a good girl like kind of sits there and smiles. She never shares her opinion. She does this. She does that. So mm-hmm. like, I definitely think that's a part of it. Um, I can't really speak to her religious affiliation because I really don't know about her religious extents as a young person. I haven't seen her talk about religion really at all. She hasn't, yeah, as of lately, but when she was younger, I don't know if she went to church or if, I really don't know. The, She's probably Catholic. The only piece of religion that I think is really interesting in her Lover album, the other song about her mom, the really sad one, Soon You'll Get Better. Oh. So that's about her mom when she was diagnosed with cancer. Um, I don't know any of this stuff. And there's a lyric in the song. It's actually one of my, my favorite lyrics in the song. And it says, desperate people find faith, so now I pray to Jesus too. And it is so powerful to me because no matter where you stand on, I guess, a religious or a spiritual spectrum, it's that idea that people obviously subscribe to what they do because it's that that need of faith. It's that need for something better. It's it's the it's 
to live for the, the hope, hope of, of it all. all. Honestly. Um, and for her to outright be like, to say desperate people find faith and now I pray to Jesus too. It's like, whoa. Like, oh my goodness. So it shows like, yeah, like she didn't really care for religion, but in this moment, you best believe she did. Mm. Yeah. I think it's a very powerful lyric and I think it's a very like, ooh, it, it's a powerful punch of a lyric. Um, You know what change reminds me of? What? Like over the summer, there was this trend with like the Gen Z kids on TikTok to be like, we are the revolution. Like they're not prepared for us. This sounds like it could have been written by one of those kids who are like, it kind of reminds me of like if there was like a medieval times and what <laughs> I don't know why it just like, like this idea of change and conquest and like it just sounds like oh, someone it's a revolution is like one of the lyrics and I don't know why I think of medieval times but I'm yeah. thinking of like I'm gonna shut up I don't know where my brain is yeah I'm like medieval they weren't doing much revolutionizing they were just like <laughs> in the field they were just persecuting everyone I mean, in a way. Um, Fuck yeah, the monarchy. So, so this is number 11. Yeah, it's, num- it's, uh, it's number 13. Okay. So just okay. to go through my entire list once again, and then we'll, you'll, we'll go through yours as well. Okay. Number one, forever and always. Two, fearless. Three, the way I loved you. Four, you belong with me. Five, love story. Six, white horse. Seven, the best day. Eight, you're not sorry. Nine, breathe. 10, 15, 11, change, 12, hey, Steven, and 13, tell me why. All right, and my list is number one, love story, two, fearless, three, breathe, four, the way I loved you, five, you're not sorry, six, you belong with me, seven, white horse, eight, 15, nine, hey, Steven, 10, the best day, 11, forever and always, 12, tell me why, and 13, change. And you know what? You guys can all make your own list and share them with us yeah. on Twitter at Raiders of the Pod. Um, I'd love to see what your rankings are. If I you love think any of us people's are rankings. Super wrong. If you love change or tell me why, tell us why. Yeah, tell us why. <laughs> Come for our throats. I'm interested to see if anyone really likes those. Cause... Yeah, because like you just said, you're like, who out there... <laughs> Chain is their favorite song. Yeah. I want someone to prove us wrong. Yeah, there's a few Taylor songs where I'm like, I don't think this is anyone's favorite song. But I guess for every song, there must be someone who that's their favorite song. And that's what I love about like the world. Like we all are individuals, and we have our own. I used to think about that when I was younger. I'm like, there are like these obscure artists out there, but like someone out there is their biggest fan. Yeah. Like who was an artist who I would I was thinking of when I thought about this. Grayson Chan. Hey. No, I was thinking about like train. I'm like someone out there oh. like goes hard oh, for train. Yeah. She's middle aged. I, I thought <laughs> of about, I thought about this recently too. <laughs> Which band was I thinking of? Oh my goodness. Imagine Dragons? No, like I obviously we talked about that a few times recently. I like Imagine Dragons and I'm tired of pretending like I don't. <laughs> they have is, some bad songs, is but the, is this your um your official statement. This is yeah, my official statement, and this is my toxic trait is that I genuinely like Imagine Dragons. I think I'm gonna tweet that. You genuinely. I'm gonna come them. out as an Imagine Dragons fan, and I'm gonna have I'm gonna have people unfollow me. I just know it. 
<laughs> I've said worse things and less, probably lost less probably followers. Probably gain followers from it. I'm gonna get a bunch of Imagine Dragons fans. Oh my god, yes, me. the fans are gonna like they're gonna welcome welcome you into their ranks. Like she's so brave. Uh oh, actually, this might be a random one, but like, who is the hardest One Republic stand out there? I think I thought about that too, and just like One Republic, like such a random band, but someone probably goes dummy hard for them. <laughs> They've been to like. Every single tour that they've ever done. Dummy hard. Oh my goodness. But yeah, I guess there's a few artists that I like. Like people were probably in the back of the day, like, oh, who the heck like <laughs> really likes the band Fun, and like me. No, a lot of people did though. I'm, you know, I'm finding that out. I guess I didn't know because I was. You in, were young. I was young. And maybe you didn't have the access to the interweb. Like so many people in my screenwriting program loved Love fun. fun, and I'm like, as they should. What is up with that? <laughs> it's so weird. Now I feel like I want to go through my music really quick and just be like, who's like the biggest fan of this person? I mean, Vanessa Carlton. Shut <laughs> up. Um, she has her fan base. I really like Bill Wirtz, but he's like a weird kind of musician because he mostly does like YouTube. Mm. Um, But I love him. Uh, I love Aurora. Okay. Yeah. So you told me to listen to that very atmospheric. And did you? Um, no <laughs> not yet i really least. also like the band Ra Ra riot i've never heard of them. exactly i just really like their music um i used to really like uh miniature tigers mintigs i don't really listen to them anymore though um yeah i don't know i want to know who the biggest zed stan is <laughs> Like, They're who has there. gone to all of his shows? I don't know, man. Um, yeah. What There's a bunch the, of artists. What about there. the Fry? Who's the biggest The Fry You stand? know what? I had you a friend someone? whose mom loved The Fry. I forget who it was, but I remember their mom loved The Fry. They had, like, a bumper sticker for The Fry on the back of their car. What did car. it say? I think it just said, like, The Fry. Oh, that's boring. Um, I wish it said something. And, like, like, they went to every single concert. I think it was my friend's mom. The Fray is pretty great. I like them. They're pretty underrated. I don't don't know what they do. I don't, yeah, same. I, like, I wouldn't, like, hardcore, like, go after them. But, yeah, like, they have to exist, the hardcore stands. Yeah. And I'm happy for them. They should have that. Um, Yeah, I just think it's funny. Fandom is very interesting. Because, like, what is it about an artist that makes you say like i'm going to dedicate myself not even dedicate myself but just like listen to every single thing that they've ever done i want to know more about their so dedicate their personalities that's dedicating yourself to something yeah but it's okay um because like it's very culty i'm a very casual listener to a lot of artists and people are like oh you didn't you've never listened to this one and i'm like you're not a real fan yeah and it's just like you can three of their songs you can really like someone and not know their entire discography i agree and like not know that they did this tour or like they were featured on this song with this other artist it's just like not like, everyone has the same ferocity i have as you. to say like going back to my my queen vanessa carlton i would consider myself a big fan do i know every aspect of her life oh hell no no and like there's no reason to yeah. Like you can't expect every single person who says they're a fan of someone to know every single thing. But about you best that believe if I saw her on the streets of Brooklyn, I'd recognize her run- right away. And like, I don't know if I would. I would go feral. Probably, but like, yeah, I don't know. I always, I, 
and that maybe delves more into like gatekeeping in yeah. fandom. Well, it's allowed because as we know, you got a girl boss. You need to gatekeep. You also need to gaslight. I would say you only need to gatekeep when it comes to like Mitski because all oh my god, there was such Or Phoebe. No, there was a trend on TikTok over the summer where people took the song Strawberry Blonde by Mitski mm-hmm. and they would make it into different animals like Strawberry Cow or Strawberry Rat and they would change the lyrics and it made me sick to my stomach. And people thought it was so cute at the time and now they're all coming out of the woodwork like, oh, this was so cringy and also like really disrespectful because it's about like an immigrant woman who feels like she can't, she isn't enough for her white partner mm. and you're making it about like... <laughs> strawberry rat his ass is so fat it's like dis- it's disrespectful it's degrading to her art i'm a mitski fan but again i don't know everything about her um and so i think it's okay to gatekeep a little <laughs> when it comes to that because when it comes to protection yeah because i'm protecting this artist and i'm saying no you can't listen to her because you, you don't know how to behave i think it's okay to gatekeep i have a really great example um, of course, names stay uninvolved. But basically, <laughs> I think there are people out there um, who they use it as a way to use it against you. So, for example, like if there's an artist I love, and this person knows that like I love this artist, and they're the type of person who just adopts everyone's personality, and mm. they're like, "Oh, now I love this artist." It's almost like insulting it's like no like you know gemini's I... gemini's will do this yeah and he's like no like you know i've loved this artist forever and like now like i see you on twitter retweeting every little thing they do and like where ha- like it's almost like where have you been all along i guess but it's like it all like if they're doing that just to seem cool and they don't genuinely like the thing that's a problem but like if they're actually starting to really like the thing I usually have no problem with but it. Don't take the happiness away from me. Like you know, this was a me thing. Like, I don't know. I guess I'm not that defensive about and like protective, and I don't have that kind of ownership about things the way that you do. I just get that way with like certain. It's certain like people in my life with certain artists. It's mm-hmm. very, it's very particular. I know that at first, like I got into John Mulaney's comedy when I was like in ninth grade. So this was 2012, 2013. Um, and then I introduced him to a bunch of people and then I saw them like acting like they were really big fans of him. Like part of me was offended. I'm like, yeah, as you, you, would, you wouldn't even know who he was without me. And at this, but then it was like, oh no, now I get to share this thing I really like with a bunch of people and they can share it with more people and you know, he'll get more popular and then, then he'll do more Here shows. I am justifying your old thinking. I'm like, yeah, you better be mad. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I've grown. Um, and so now I see like everyone loves him and it's like I don't feel the same way I did when I was like 14 about that where I was like no he's mine no one else can like him it's just like oh no I get to share him now with all these other people who also really like him um, but I still do act very um, you know proud and like I'm better than you because I've met him and I've Ooh. seen him do stand up twice and I saw him in Ohola once so I am very She's like, I'm basically his best friend. I mean, so back off. I wish him and Nick Kroll. I met both of them. Ugh, Nick Kroll. I've met a lot of comedy dilfs. You, you have. I met Bill Hader over Zoom. That's the Bill Hader mentioned for the episode. 
Uh, we not said that Princess you... Bride was going to be the through line. I think it's going to be like Taylor Swift and Bill Hader. I think so too, honestly. And, oh, I mentioned before. So you know how Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande dated and then they broke up and it was yeah. like a big thing. Like she's a pop star. He's like an SNL comedian. I think it would have been interesting if Bill Hader and Taylor Swift had dated. Yeah, we did talk about this before the episode. I think that would have been really iconic. I think so too. I'm I'm still <laughs> not against it. Like if it ever happens, it happens. I mean, I think they're both in happy relationships right now but if it happens it and happens. he has two kids and i think he's significantly older than her how old is taylor um 31 so it's like an 11 year age difference mm. eh. not bad at their ages it's probably not that bad yeah but the fact that he has like two kids and is divorced that might be and she i think might, they're just she in might different not worlds. want to take that on they're and just i, in different I worlds. don't blame her yeah but i just want bill Hader to be happy and i want taylor swift to be happy i want I want them to be happy just as much as we do. Yeah, they deserve it. Um. Anyway. Anyways. Oh, I've also met Mike Birbiglia, but I don't think he's seen as a comedy dilf. No. Not as much. No. But I still like him. Yeah. He's cool. Um. So I think that's about it. I think for this is. episode. Yeah. Um. Let us know what your track listings are for and your rankings are for Fearless. Let us know how you think about the Taylor's version because it's releasing today. I am very excited. And this is out, this episode. So, yeah, I want to hear all your reactions. I'll be sure to vocalize it maybe on future pods or even on my Twitter. Yeah, follow um, us on Twitter. Oh, we have an Instagram now as we well. Do. It's at Raiders of the Pod, correct? At Raiders of the Pod. It's a little inactive at the moment. We have one post. Um, you know, it is what it is. Kay and I are trying our best, and our best is actually pretty darn good because, you know. Yeah? I mean, granted, like, I work full-time. I work two jobs. Yeah. And I'm in full-time for grad school, and, you know, we have life on top of all that. Yeah. And then we do this. So it's like, I think we're, we're doing our darn I am. I am actually pretty proud of the fact that I'm able to do this while doing grad school and, and all working. The, and, and all the magical tweets and we have to thank her for the editing and the time she dedicates to that i do do the editing mm -hmm. and a lot of people like they either have editing teams or they just don't edit and i'm like that's insane to me yeah i can't be off the cuff and just be like yep this maybe this works. maybe one day yeah i love to get to the point where we just don't have to edit mostly because it's gonna be so much easier oh, yeah it's just like bing bang boom yeah. um but anyway Thank Anyways, you all thank for, you for tuning in today. Yes. Um, enjoy the album. Enjoy the podcast. Yes. Enjoy your day. Um, and with that, I have been Kay. I have been Craig. I and will be. I still will be, I guess. Oh, okay. And go you know, watch. Go watch a goddamn, goddamn movie. movie. Okay. Thanks. Bye, Bye guys.